are listening to Up the Union podcast. I'm Dan Hames and I'm speaking with Graham Tomlin. We've been thinking about Martin Luther. We looked at his theological background and his great Reformation breakthrough in the last episode. Graham, today though, could we step back and uh, look at some of Luther's earlier theological development, particularly 1518, his Theology of the Cross. What was that about and how was it important for him ongoingly? Yeah, well, the theology of the cross is a crucial idea for Luther, especially in his early period, and um, uh, he expounds it particularly clearly at at a a meeting of the Augustinian order, which is the order of monks that he belonged to in Heidelberg in 1518. He goes and um, gives a presentation of his emerging theology there, and uh, um, uh, that's where he, that's perhaps the clearest place where you can see it. I think the core of uh, there's a number of sort of key ideas that I think are at the centre of the theology of the cross, um, and I suppose that the first is that, that the cross is a revelation of God. Um, the cross is not just the means by which we are forgiven or the means by which we are saved or anything like that. It's not purely atonement, but it actually is is a revelation of God. It shows God's normal way of working. It is, if you like, God's signature. Um, in other words, that God tends to work through things like weakness and suffering and not apart from them. And um, you can go for a sort of theology of glory. In other words, go straight for resurrection, straight for uh, the, the good news. But actually, that is to sort of slightly miss the point. That's not the way that God works. God can only be known in uh, and through the experience of weakness and suffering. So the cross as is, is a revelation of God and his ways with us. In other words, the, the, the path that Christ takes from cross to resurrection is revelatory of God. So that's the first point, I think, that the cross is actually a revelation of God. It's it's part of the doctrine of revelation, not just of, of salvation. Um, the second point, I think, is that, that there's a kind of, um, there's a pathway here that God condemns before he saves. And uh, just as Christ has to descend to the cross before he is raised in the resurrection, in the same way, the way in which God saves us is, first of all, by bringing us to a point of despair of ourselves. In other words, bringing us to a point where we have nowhere else to turn, where we're aware purely of our own spiritual, moral bankruptcy. And um, uh, and he, he wants to say that, that what tends to do that is the experience of suffering, loss, doubt, temptation, all of those things. And therefore, these experiences... Suffering, doubt, temptation, um, the feeling that God is absent or doesn't exist or is against you or whatever. Uh, Although they seem like the opposite of God's work, uh, they are in fact, in a sort of hidden way, God's work in us to save us eventually. Uh, Luther talks quite a lot about his God's alien work and his proper work. His alien work is his strange work of God, of um, of bringing you into despair, bringing you into a sense of hopelessness, bringing you into a sense of doubt and temptation, all those things that you don't think are anything to do with God. Um, but he says his alien work, his strange work, is in order to do his proper work. It's his, what he's really aiming at, which is to, to rescue you, to justify you, to save you, uh, to teach you not to res- rely on your own resources, but instead to rely on Christ, to teach you not to hope for your, your own merits, but to put your trust in the merits of Christ. And um, that, I think, is something he, he did actually learn to a certain degree from his monastic background. I think there's a continuity between the kind of self-examination that he saw, the emphasis upon um, upon an examination of, of one's own conscience and sin that was in the monastic background and this this theology too. Um, so God condemns before he, he saves. I think that's the second thing. Um, uh, 
So I think I think is 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 that in the theology of the cross, if you like, revelation and salvation are kind of reunited in a way that that, that God acts in us in the same way as he did in as he did in Christ. And if Christ was humbled. Uh, you know, brought down to a point of despair before he's resurrected, then we must also expect something similar to happen in our own experience too. That God tends to work through suffering and weakness, not just through glory and power. And he, he arrives at glory and power, but through weakness and, and suffering. And you can't bypass those things. And that's why he says, you know, the cross is, if you like, the keynote of theology. You know, he says at one point, crux sola est nostra theologia. The cross alone is our theology. That's the kind of key signature point. You have to understand that. Um, so uh, God works in us in the same way that he works in, in Christ. I suppose what, where that leads to, I think, is a kind of critique of appearance. Um, because if the cross is a revelation of God, if the cross re- reveals God's normal way of working, then that's kind of back to front. It's not what you expect. Uh, you don't expect to find God in experiences of weakness and doubt and temptation. In other words, you don't expect to find God in the experience of the absence of God. Um, so it's a kind of back-to-front revelation. It's a paradoxical thing. And Luther loved paradox in lots of ways. Um, and so uh, what he wanted to say is that the experience of suffering and despair and temptation is in fact God um, preparing us for his grace by teaching us that there is nothing that we can we have in ourselves that, that we can trust in. Um, even our best efforts, even our goodness, even our religious works, even our prayers, even our holiness, you know, those are things which we we cannot, well, we, we can try to offer them to God and hope, hope that he's impressed with them. Um, but actually, we have to learn that they are they are nothing. And in fact, the, almost like the first thing God does is to sort of dash these things from our hands and makes us realize how sort of paltry and useless they are. Um, so there's a kind of critique of appearance, you know, works that seem good works, you know, works that you know, you offer to God and say, look, look at all these wonderful good things I've done. They look like valuable things in the eyes of God, but actually God says that they're, they're worth nothing in the eyes of God. Um, they actually prevent us from trusting in God because we end up trusting in ourselves and our, and our works instead. Um, and so therefore this critique of appearance, what, what seems to be good, good works, is actually not good um, because it teaches us to trust in ourselves, not God. What seems to be bad, temptation, doubt, suffering, it's actually good because those are the very things that God is using to teach us to trust him. And um, that, I think, drove Luther more towards saying, well, actually, you can't look at what appears to be the case because the world will tell you that, you know, good works, religious works, that's valuable. Suffering, doubt, temptation, that's not good. You want to run away from those. And this revelation turns that upside down. And so therefore, you have to believe what you're told in the word of God rather than simply what appears to be the case. So you can see why the theology of the cross is leading him towards a theology of faith as opposed to a theology of appearance or sight. Mm, and it's, there's, a, there's a, a kind of almost painful rawness about that theology, isn't there? But yeah, definitely. There's a, a real comfort to it as well because you, you're brought to see the end of yourself. And yeah. Therefore, yeah, there is a kind of, grace of God. There is a kind of radical honesty about it because I think sometimes, perhaps in you know quite sort of nice middle class religion, there's a feeling of you know well we're all rather good really, and God ought to be rather pleased with us and to have us on His side as it were. Um, whereas this theology is quite you know rubs your face in the in your own selfishness mm-hmm. and your own lack of love for God and the paltriness of your own prayers and and um, 
uh, and how feeble our, our, our spiritual lives often are. And uh, it says, well, that, that is the reality. But actually, the point is not to trust in the strength of my own holiness and piety and and, and goodness. It's actually to teach me again and again to, to place my trust in the goodness, the love, the grace, the glory of Christ. Amen. Well, make sure you tune in for the next episode where we're going to talk about Luther's understanding of law and gospel and also his theology of the word. Music